Well, hey there, and welcome to the Saints Church Glory Hills podcast. We're so happy that you joined us today. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, we believe that God will speak to you through one of our pastors today. Let's jump in. It's just amazing to be here. Thank you. I consider this church as a a home church for me, and it's just amazing to know your pastors and be friends with them. We're in a relationship. We encourage each other, so it's a privilege to be able to minister this morning, and congratulations again, Brandy. This morning, I kind of want to draw your attention uh, to something that I just want to speak from my heart this morning. Is that okay? Speak from the heart. I love it. I love it. Love it. And can we just, that worship was amazing, by the way. Awesome. Awesome. We love the presence. And so, you know, sometimes we think about Mother's Day and I'm thinking about birthing and I'm thinking about the being born into this world. And by the way, one thing that we can all agree on is that everyone has to be born by a mother. Can we just agree on that one? Everyone has to be born, birthed into this world by a mother. And that's where I'm going to leave that. But then when we do that, now we come into the world and then we grow up and we get into church sometimes because our families and our parents take us to church. But then we come into salvation. We come into salvation and we give our lives to Jesus and now there is a rebirth that happens. Now, salvation is my second birth. I am coming into the kingdom of God. I'm coming into the kingdom. This family, doesn't it feel good to be in this family? It's amazing. It's an awesome feeling. So now we are family. That is our second birth. But in that second birth, how many times, you know, someone say, I'm a Christian and I'm born again and it's great. And we leave it there. And we stop there. I'm originally from Uganda, and I have a lot of, you know, spiritual grandchildren and children. We oversee 62 kids in the orphanage, and for years we've traveled and ministered, did itinerary speaking. I meet a lot of people, gone to a lot of churches, and we see what is happening right now within the churches is that we have forgotten our roots. So today I want to speak as a mother. A mother of two, a mother that has shepherded a big portion of the spiritual uh, atmosphere within the region for a little bit now, a couple of years. But for the last 10 to 15 years, we've been ministering and, and, and really carefully crafting the spiritual dynamics on what happens. Amen. And I know that as pastors, you see us at the front of the church on a Sunday. That's not all. That's like the tiniest little bit of what we do. Is minister for one, maybe 30 minutes, some people, one hour, we're in church. That is a very small portion. But this morning, I want to minister from what God is revealing and on the years and what is happening. What do we see the church as? When you talk of glory hills, when you look at your pastors, when you go down, forget the pastors, forget Mother's Day, forget the ministries that you serve in, forget all of that stuff and nail it down to you. Nail it down to Jennifer Mitchell. Who am I? What am I here for? What is this life all about? Is there more to it? 
Is this the end of it? I come and I minister on a church service, and that is great. And has my ministry become my salvation? Has my ministry become my salvation? I tell my church congregation all the time, I say, if I'm going to miss a basketball and soccer and hockey for my children to be at church on a Wednesday night, oh, it better be good. Better be good. Because I'm missing something very important to be at church. Meaning that church, I can't just take it lightly. Amen? So I want to speak today about the path of freedom. Because you can't serve until you're free. You can't minister until you're free. You can't even live a happy life until you're free. You can't have a good marriage until you're free. You cannot even be a good person, a good friend until you are free. Because the enemy has made us become so caught up in ourselves that we are living in bondage, but we don't see it. So we think salvation is not being on the worship team. To the extent that we believe that church is about how many friends do I have. Amen? So this path to freedom. What does it look like? 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18. Is it up there? Perfect. Nevertheless, when we turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Meaning the number one thing that we have to actually do is to turn to God. When I turn to God, no matter where I'm at, no matter what condition I'm in, no matter what's happening, the moment I turn to him, a veil is taken. Don't worry about what kind of veil. Don't worry about how it's going to happen. Don't worry about when. It's just taken away when I turn. Amen? So the reality is in this day and age, the season that we are in where the enemy is attacking a church, attacking a family, attacking mothers, Attacking motherhood. No, it's not my church, so I want to be very careful in what I say. Now, the Lord is the spirit. The Lord is a spirit. This is verse 17 now. The Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, what is there? Freedom and liberty. So, I ask you, if you don't have freedom, do you have the Spirit? If the Spirit of the Lord, the Bible says, wherever the Spirit is, wherever He dwelleth, wherever room, if He's here, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is He's here because of the level of freedom that we had this morning. He is here because there is freedom. So we see that there is freedom and liberty where the Spirit of the Lord is. And there's so many people who don't live in freedom. They don't have liberty to do. I have to be careful what I say. I have to. Am I speaking to the church this morning? Verse 18, but we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image of the glory of God, just as the Spirit of the Lord. Now, let's unpack this a little bit. So, in order for the veil to be taken away, I have to turn to God. I have to look to him. 
I have to change. And turning means, I, can you turn that way and be walking that way? No. Turning means physically, even in the natural, I have to move the shape of my body. I have to move what I do. My action has to change. Everything I do has to change. I can't say I love God. I'm over here going, but I'm really technically walking over here. I have to turn to him, to God, so that the veil can be taken away. Why is this important? Because in verse 18 it says, but all, we all with unveiled faces. Unveiled. Unveiled. The Lord wants to unveil your face. The Lord wants to open all that stuff. He wants to tell our young people, you know what? You, you are a boy. You, you are a girl. And happy Mother's Day because mothers are amazing. They are awesome. We love them because it's a generational thing. And generation, by the way, is biblical because God is a God of generations. God does everything in generation. It does everything in generation. So let's look at the generation of our own self, generation of your family, generation of where we'll come from. When we think about it, where is this birthing stopping? I'm born into this world, and I became born again, but now I'm in this place. I don't understand it. Amen? I don't understand where what. So we submit to the authority of Jesus. We have to submit to the authority of Jesus. This is where the difference between liberty and salvation. Do you know there's a big difference? There is a very big difference between salvation and liberty. There's a lot of liberty, man-made liberty right now. And we're not really following the authority that Jesus placed in, put in place. I say this. Because it's probably easier for me to say than your pastor. That's why when we go to preach in other places, we just let it rip. And we tell people, you got to serve. And you got to give. Because churches need money. And it doesn't run itself. We need people to serve. We need people to serve and do all this thing. But I'm telling you, you can't serve until you're free. I want to speak to the ones who like to do things and they want to be seen and they want to be in all the places. Let me tell you a secret. Leaders, that is a deterrence. You want to serve God? You want God to highlight you? You better work on this freedom thing. Freedom from all the offenses, freedom from all anger, freedom from anxiety, freedom from judgment, 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 freedom from all of that stuff. You know? Freedom from judging the worship team, judging the ministry, judging whatever's happening, judging, judging, judging. Now, Glory Hills is a very nice church. You people don't do that here. People don't go off and talk about what wrong, what's wrong and what's happening in a church setting. We don't do that here. Amen? But what I want to release this morning, I believe that if you take a very good look, a very good look at it, this is going to help you. Amen? 
So this difference that we're talking about, because why is it important to separate that freedom and the liberty? Because God has given us power and authority. The nature of God, the nature of man is to rule, the nature of man is to judge, the nature of man is to condemn and to control. Amen? That's why in the garden, even in the garden, in the very beginning, they were looking already. They were looking, what can I do? What can I do? What's going on? Why? Because it is in our nature to not do well. It's in our nature to judge. It's in our nature to look for the wrong things. It's in our nature to want to take over and take control. But this is very important because if we stay in that human nature, it's going to be impossible for us to turn and surrender to God. We just sang it. I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. But do we mean it or is it just a nice song? So let's revisit that song. To do whatever you want to. Whatever. Well, you know what? I want to change your life. I want to get rid of that anger. I want to get rid of that judgment. I want to get rid. I want to change your heart so that you can serve me. Not the pastors so you can serve God. Not the pastors, not the leaders. Because if you're trying to serve the leaders, it's the wrong way. And if you're looking to serve the leaders, they probably won't see you because they'll see right through you. This is a secret, guys. We leaders, we see all through that stuff. But the one who is in the closet, the one who is in beside there saying, God, I love you. I love you. Change me. Transform me. I want my salvation to have meaning. It has nothing to do with what I do at the church, how much I serve. Being here early and living late doesn't count for anything. Can I just tell you that? doesn't count for anything, by the way. Spiritually. Nothing. Now, it makes for a very good organized service because we need the people to come early. But why do I come early? Because God has gifted me with something and I want to release, I want to bless the church. That's why I come early. I don't need the pastor to text me and say, well done and good job. I saw that. You don't need him to see it because God already sees what you do. Freedom. Now, you might have not heard freedom preached from this perspective, but I think it's a good message because I'm preaching it. Amen? So God has given us freedom. He gave us freedom. That's why it's important. Now, I do understand that a lot of people don't like to talk about the hard stuff. We want fluff. We want to, people to tell us that God is going to provide all of your needs according to all of his riches in glory. But we don't want to hear about the scripture or the verse that comes right before that one. And sometimes we become Pharisees and Sadducees. For example, Pharisees, they like to add to the word of God. A Pharisee is always adding to the word of God, adding whatever they want, adding the portion, taking off what they don't like, and then adding whatever they want to the scripture so that it fits them. And I believe in this day and age, there's a lot of us as Pharisees and we're there, we're adding to the word of God. We're adding to it. We add it so that it fits us. 
Well, I'm doing well enough. I'm doing good enough. After all, don't judge me. No, the pastor is just saying don't sleep around. It's not good for whoever, if you're, especially if you're in leadership. And don't do it for anyone. Do it for you. Because why? Because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are we still telling our young people not to sleep around? Mm. We preach it at Lighthouse Church. And then I blame it all on being black. Because we just say it as it is, man. I believe that we are in a season where we cannot subtract or add to the gospel. That's what I'm trying to say. We cannot be Sadducees because the, the Sadducees also take away from the gospel. We take away from scripture. Scripture doesn't need to be defended. It is its own. And when the Bible says, turn to me and I will give you rest, it means you're not getting the rest until you turn to him. Amen? So when we talk about freedom, Galatians 5.1, Galatians 5.1, in the, in the book of Galatians, and I love this book, but really the Bible is talking about liberty, therefore to stand firm in this liberty. Stand steadfast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ Jesus has made us free. Christ is giving us the freedom. Amen? And now it continues. I want you to pay attention to the portion that it says there. And it says, and do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage. Underline the word entangled. This is Galatians 5.1. Why? Because stand first fast, therefore, in the liberty, liberty, by which Christ has made us free. Meaning we are born and we've been birthed into freedom through Christ. We've been birthed into freedom. So let's go back to that first statement. We said we are born into this world by our mothers, given us birth, and then we grow up and then we accept Jesus, which is salvation. At that point of time, at that salvation point, Jesus gives us freedom. He gives us liberty because he said, for whom the son has set free is free indeed. Amen? So now it says, do not be entangled by the yoke of bondage. Why is it in scripture? Because the people, as they were writing this, they were seeing that so many churches in that time, especially the people of Galatia, were so much, there was so much entanglement. So then let us look at the, what that entanglement looks like. Sometimes, even as pastors, we can get entangled. We can get entangled in sin. We can get entangled in, in you know, maybe not hatred, maybe not like the obvious things, because we got to keep a pure life. You can do this job if you're busy entangling yourself in offense and hatred and unforgiveness. You can't do it. But we still get entangled in little things. You know, like frustration. Frustration. Frustrated. If I allow it to get to me, it will entangle me. The Bible is telling me that that will become a bondage. Some people get entangled in hatred. Some people get entangled in unforgiveness. Am I free if I'm entangled in these things? 
Some people are entangled in alcoholism, in drugs, our young people. Oh, at this stage, it's not just young people, I think. By the way, thank you, Glory Hills Church. I know you guys have been working and, you know, the city of Spruce Grove, there's so much, you know, community things we hear it, and it's just such a great, it's a good thing to hear when you hear other churches are doing great things, right? And it's just amazing. So those who volunteer to do the things, that's amazing because we want to make our community better. But let's look about, talk about freedom from people, freedom from the flesh, and freedom from sin. I'm not so much going to talk about the sin portion, but I want to talk about freedom from people. The freedom to not always want to please. The church wanting to please. Pastors preaching the word just to preach or just to please the congregation. Because the moment you preach about what is hard, let me tell you another secret. People decide that they're going to leave the church. This is also why Lighthouse Church does not take people who come from other churches. I'm serious. When I know that someone is going to a different church and they start coming, you can go to Lighthouse Church, you can ask. I ask them, we know that church, we know the pastors. What's wrong? What happened? Have you talked to your leaders? Now, if you're here and you need a spot, you need a space for two or a couple of weeks because sometimes you just need a breather, man. Sometimes I need a breather, Okay. And But when you need a breather, it's good to go somewhere else, right, for a little bit. But you can't stay in that entanglement. You can't stay in the unforgiveness. You can't stay. And I, uh, This is one of my most, I consider one of my most powerful messages because it's a message of freedom. And if we're being honest with ourselves, most of the times, most of us are entangled in something. But we look the other way because we don't want to turn to God. So therefore, our faces are not unveiled. So they're all veiled. And because of that, we're not able to see. Amen? So when we are now free from people and the freedom from the flesh. Oh, flesh. Flesh is entangled with emotion. Flesh is entangled with my soul. My soul speaks to my spirit. So the spirit and the soul and the body are always in a war. The spirit, my spirit man, is the one that is connecting with the spirit of God because this is spirit. My soul is where all my emotions dwell, is where all of my feelings dwell, is where everything dwells. And guess what? The soul and the body are always in cahoot. They are always working against the spirit. That's why the Bible says, my spirit is willing, but my flesh. My spirit is willing, but my flesh. I want to pray, but I don't want to. I know I should, but I'm not gonna. I want to serve. I know that they're saying that we should serve at church, but Oh, you know, I don't, I don't know. So my flesh is always stopping me. My flesh always stops. The flesh stops me from freedom. It stops me from doing the things I need to do. And it also brings a blockage between what the spirit of God is doing. Amen. 
So freedom from the flesh is what we really, really want to consider. When we talk about entanglement, it's, an, it's not an idea that you've done something wrong. It's the idea that you've accepted in your mind to be okay with where you're at. Amen? Are you okay with where you're at? I know most times I'm not. And I tell our church congregation, you know, the truth is half the time I'm really preaching to myself. Every time I preach on a Sunday, I'm preaching to myself. Now, it has its disadvantages, okay? Because I say this, and then when I'm not doing it at home, guess who's reminding me? My kids. <laughs> Mom, you, you said this. And I'm like, uh, Shekinah, that's, that's right. Mom should not be doing that. Okay, yeah, you know. And, you know, but you know what? It's a good check. It's a good accountability. And a lot of time, we no longer have accountability. We have looked at people who want to make us accountable as though they're our enemy. When they're telling us to do well, they're telling us to get engaged, they're telling us, they're saying, come on Saturday or Wednesday, I don't know if you guys hold Wednesday services, or maybe midweek or something, but come on Wednesday, or come early for pre-service prayer before you get here. If you're coming, come because you want to be better you. You want to draw close to God. Amen? So let's look at this flesh, the flesh, Genesis 2, 25. The Bible says, and they were both naked. This is Adam and Eve. They were naked, and it was fine. Everything was great. It's like awesome. We're in the garden. Everything is amazing, and everything was okay. The man and his wife, they were not even ashamed at all, at all in the garden. The Bible says it's fine. And guess what? God created them that way. I sometimes I wonder, I'm like, hmm, did God not think to like dress them up? You know? Okay, God left them there. But that the nakedness is the thing, the, unfree, the unveiling from the flesh is what I talk. I want to talk about that nakedness in comparison to what happened with our flesh, okay? So, when my face is not veiled, I can't sense what is around me. Until I have seen truth, I don't know. So, I'm going to say one thing. Don't say it. Don't talk about it until you know. Don't say it. Because if you don't know, and if you talk about it and you, you didn't know, you got a few things wrong, there's going to be a problem. So I tell people who like to talk, or who like to make statements, I tell them one thing. Why? Because the Bible says this tongue, it has the power of life and death. So if you go about talking and you're not sure because you're so entangled, like Galatians said, you're so entangled, you don't even know that you're hurting people. You don't even know that you're causing problems, but you are. And then when someone comes along to tell you because your face is so not 
unveiled, you don't see it. You get offended. You get unforgiveness. You harbor this guilt and you harbor it. And what I'm here to tell you this morning that this stuff is going to send you down the road. We got to get rid of it. The path to freedom. It's in everything. It's in our families. It's with our children. It's with when we serve. It is when we come to church. When we drive to church. Why are you driving to come to church? I know most times we don't ask ourselves. And then when the preacher is preaching, like today I tell people all the time, there is in the spiritual realm, there's what we call the eons of time. When a preacher and a minister ministers, from the time that they start to speak to the time that they finish, God, the Spirit of God is doing something. Forget when they make a mistake. Most of the time I actually have an accent and some things I don't even pronounce properly. And, you know, so I hope that that's not happening here today. And if it does, just, you know, ask someone else what they got out of it. But the reality is, I tell my church congregation, say, I'm not so worried about misspelling something from the Bible. I'm more interested. Do you get the point? Do you see what God was trying to say? Is it, do you see why he says it's so important that you got to turn to him? You got to turn to him so that your face can be unveiled. You got to turn to him because he's given us freedom and liberty. Freedom. But we're not living in that freedom yet. But we're going to get there. Amen? So the moment, the moment that knowledge comes, we become aware of ourselves. The moment they ate that fruit, all of a sudden, oh, we're naked. Oh, what's going on? Oh, my goodness. So let's see this. Back in the day in the Garden of Eden, who do you think told those folks to cover themselves? To go get some clothing. This is an instinct that God has put in the nature of a human being. That's why the topic of freedom is a self. It's a choice that you have to make. Forgiveness is a choice. Faith is a choice. Receiving Jesus is a choice. Serving is a choice. Honor is a choice. Honor is a choice. You have to choose because within us as human beings, there is this ability to want to bring solution. I was naked in the garden. The moment there is new information and new technology and new awareness, human beings tend to come up with a solution. The moment we get a whiff of something new, oh, I got this. We're going to sew some clothes from the fig leaves and we're going to cover ourselves up. We're so good at finding the solutions ourselves. And what I'm trying to say this morning is we need God to help us find the solution. I need God to help me deal with this marriage problem that I have. Not me. Because if I deal with it, I'm going to stop talking to my husband. I'm going to be, you know, like at him. I'm going to be rude to my kids because I'm trying to deal with it on my own. Amen? We got to leave it to God. And we got to allow him. 
Why is this important? Because sin is a guilty conscience. And what does that mean, by the way? It means that the standard that God has put in place no longer works for me. Oh, there's a standard? You mean I have to do that? Well, I don't really want to. The moment the standard that God has put in place for church folks, for people who serve, for us pastors, the moment that standard no longer works for me, I am in the first stage, the first stage to entanglement, Galatians 5.1, and I'm in the first stage now of starting to slip away because I'm falling off the standard. So what is sin? Sin is I am not following the standard. It's not a judgment. When we say don't do it, it's not a judgment. We're just saying follow the standard. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in you. You are a good. You're meant for encouragement, not to destroy. That's what you're called. Your identity is a co-heir with Christ. You're supposed to be the salt and the light of the world, not spread darkness. What am I saying? That this standard right now, most times, we act like Sadducees and we take away from the word of God so that we can meet the standard that we want. Or sometimes we become Pharisees and we add to the word of God so that it fits our situation. And what I'm telling you this morning is not about me. It's not about you. It's not about your standard. It's not about my standard. Can we just agree that this is about Jesus? It's about God. This is about God. Our lives is about God. Our children is about God. And when we bring them to God, and this is, we are supposed to be stewards. Every mother, every father in this church, you're a steward. To every young person here, yes, yes, I know. It's Canadian culture. You can't tell another person's child what to do. But this is what I say about that. If this is poison water, I know that there is poison in this bottle of water. In my culture, there is no way I will let anyone drink it. Because it's not about them. Because they don't know it has poison. I do. So I just don't say, oh, you just, you're thirsty? You just want to drink the water? I guess you've pestered me enough. Just drink the water. No. What I'm trying to tell the, you guys this morning is we all as a church family need to stand up, identify the poisoned bottle of water. And you make sure that no one in this church drinks it. Now, that's freedom. That's being a church family that is living a life of freedom. Because freedom is whatever I have, I give to you freely. Amen? The standard of good and evil, when it no longer works for me, we come to the realization that we're naked. 
We come to the realization that maybe this is not good. And then so I begin to have a problem. The moment I begin to have a problem, guilt kicks in. I know I need to forgive. I know I need to let it go. But I can't let it go because now I'm guilty. And I'm feeling ashamed. And do you know why it's easy to stay guilty and feeling ashamed and not wanting to tell your wife or your spouse the truth or telling your children? There, I can't believe there are still parents who want to be their children's friends. I told you I'm going to speak as a mother. We are not meant to be our children's friends, and this is just my opinion. This is not... Bible. We're meant to be their mothers. We're meant to be their fathers. They can have their friends somewhere else. They can build relationship and talk about that stuff. And then later when they're grown adults, they will be your friend because you taught them right. Because we told them the truth. We have to tell the next generation as mothers and fathers. We have to. We cannot put a price on the truth. We cannot put a price on the truth. For example, everybody needs the opportunity to receive Jesus. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. Everyone needs an opportunity to receive Jesus. It is a truth. We never shy away from it because every time we don't do it, that's what we're called to. It is the good bottle of water that you need. Then you need to drink it. You might not know it. You might not even want it. You might not even be thirsty. But I am telling you, you need this water. You need the one who gives you living waters. Amen? So I'm going to take this opportunity to invite, if there is anyone in the room and you're saying, I want maybe to rededicate my life. I want to give my life to Jesus. This is your chance. It's not a guilt. It's not manipulation. You want to be free. You need Jesus. We need Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet, please. We need Jesus. We need him. And the step to salvation is like when the angel went to open the prison door and he told Peter and he said, you know what? Pack up your things. Put on your clothes and come with me quickly. The angel said that to Peter. He said the door, the door, the prison doors have been opened. The chains are broken. So pack up your things. Come quickly outside. Because if you don't and you wait too long, the guards are going to wake up. The guards are going to wake up and when they wake up, that the chains on that door is going to be twice as heavy. 
What am I saying? When we get the opportunity, when we get the time and opportunity and you know that the Lord is speaking to you, whether it's at a crusade or a Sunday morning or something you're watching or you're watching a YouTube or you're watching a channel or something on Facebook, I'm trying to tell you this morning, church, I say, when you find the opportunity and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, take it. Take it. I believe that the spirit of the Lord is in the spiritual realm has broken some, some prison doors this morning. And he's waiting on you just like he's waiting on Peter. He's waiting on you to say, I'm going to gather up my stuff. And I'm going to walk out of this anxiety. I'm going to gather up my stuff. And I'm going to tell the devil that he can't mess with my marriage anymore. I'm going to gather up my stuff. And I'm going to start praying and believing for my children and this broken relationship that God is going to restore it. I'm going to gather up my stuff and walk out of that door. It's a choice. It's a decision that we have to make because the only person who can make that decision for you is you. Father, we thank you that you're a generational God. We also thank you that your mission and your work for freedom to see humanity in freedom doesn't end. It starts with Jesus being brought to us. And it continues to the cross. But today, I pray that may it flow in our daily lives. That we will no longer just be Christians, but become Christians who improve daily. Daily. Your word says in Exodus... The Bible says in Exodus 23, 29, if you read it there, it says that if I am to drive these people out, the land will become desolate and the beast of the fields will be too much. So what does he do? In verse 30, Exodus 23, he says, little by little, I will drive them out. Little by little small piece at a time. Why is this important? So that you may increase and inherit the land. The path to freedom is little, one step at a time. You decide today and you say, I want it. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of this thing and I'm tired of that. I, I have too much heaviness that I'm holding on. I start little by little. And the Bible says you can't do it all at once. And sometimes it happens at once. But little by little. Why is that important? So that we have room to increase. When the things become out of our lives, when we make that one step towards Jesus, we increase. 
Then we make another step and we increase. And one day at the end of the tunnel, we are so full of him and we're so immersed in him that the entanglement, the chains are no longer there. No longer there. So if you want to take that step today, wherever you are, I'm going to invite your pastors to come up to lead you guys in however he wants to do that. May we live a life of freedom because it's all about Jesus. Everything, everything is about Jesus. And we can't do that if we're not free. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or are looking to get connected in any further way, head to saintschurch.ca and we would love to meet you.